around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. We are so glad you have joined us today, uh, both by audio and by video. And uh, Terry and I are here to talk to you about the wonderful, wonderful time that we live in and uh, the promises of God and the will of God in the earth today that he's given all of us to live. We're 21st century Christians. Nobody's ever done this before. No, that's right. (laughs) And we live in the most perilous times, as the Bible says, dangerous, perilous times. And we live in the most complicated time that's ever been on the face of the earth before. And so here we are, seven and a half billion of us on the planet, and um, we've got some work to do. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've got your and like theme. like you said, it's not like when we were kids. It was, <laughs> right. you know, I was born in 1950. I mean, the 50s right. were easy. The, you yeah, know. it was so uh, it's not, wonderful. <laughs> it's this yeah, isn't it's your grandpa's not the, it's not uh, that way anymore. America anymore. Much more dangerous, much more complicated. Uh, life it just moves much more quickly nowadays. Yeah. And it takes a lot of times uh, husbands and wives both working, and it takes um, a, a lot more effort to keep a family together and to uh, do what we need to do. Things are much more expensive than they've ever been. Sure. And so here we are. You have to uh, learn about insurance. <laughs> you have to know interest rates. You have to know banking. You have to know real estate. You have to um, know all of these different things that are out there in the world uh, that you used to you know, be able to just pop the hood on your car and you guys could just get in there and jimmy stuff oh, around. Oh, yeah, we could uh, take things apart and fix it. You can't do that anymore. It's and all computerized. Yeah, so it's another whole world. And yet, Jesus is Lord. The yes, Bible still works. Yes, it's the it same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. And uh, we are finding out, just like um, John, I was thinking about that verse the other day, First John 5, 14, and 15. It says, oh, yeah. this is the confidence is that the we confidence. have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, Mm -hmm. if you can find it in the word, you know the will of God. If you know his will, uh, then we know that we have the petitions that we've already asked of him. I like the way the Amplified says, as our present possessions. By faith, I already have it. (laughs) You you know something about faith after 51 years of traveling the world and doing missions and it's all uh, these seen different... me. It's seen me through. <laughs> it's seen me through. Yes, you know, there's an old old church song called "We've Come This Far by, by Faith." faith I tell you, I'm going to go. The, I'm going to go the rest of the way by faith. Too. No joke. Uh, well, Isn't through many dangers. Yeah. Isn't faith wonderful? Toils and and you know, faith is probably Renee. Faith is probably the most misused, misunderstood, and abused word in the Bible. Because everybody talks about it. Right. <laughs> people that don't know anything about it talk about it. That's right. And uh, people all over the world told me, now, but there, I got faith. I got faith. I got all the faith in the world. Right. And, and then uh, I'm listening to them talk five minutes. I can tell they don't. They don't. <laughs> you they know. don't. You know. And even tone of voice. Um, I, I think your tone of voice a lot of times uh, betrays you. Um, I think there's a phrase, and I was trying to think where it was. It says, they're... they're um, uh, conversation belies the genuineness mm, of their yeah, faith, right. you know, and so we we don't want to, um, or we really need to, constantly check our words, right. our conversation, right. and what we're saying. And I found too that if I'll just if I'll just act real confident, I can fake it till I make it. Fake it, till you make it. <laughs> well, I've and, always thought this that a congregation knows whether the preacher knows what they're talking about or no, not. No, that's right. 
whether you've just heard a message and you're repeating it, you're you're just a parrot, or whether you've really been there, done that, whether you really live that or not. No, that's right. Tell you what, I've lived it. I've, I've been there. No, I've done that. That's right. Uh, I've made the devil mind me, and uh, we've uh, we've demonstrated the word of God, demonstrated the power of the Holy Ghost, and faith has seen us through. Thank God amen, for amen, faith. Amen. It is not just a hope so, maybe so. Don't ever know what God's going to do, but if we can find it in the Bible, we can oh, take it to right. the bank. Jesus said, "Father, Thy word." is truth what a comfort that was to me when i found it as a teenager the word of god is absolute truth that if i can find it in the bible i can take it to the bank well i had gone through you know i'd served god all my life and then uh, graduated from high school went right into working my way through three years of bible college and graduating and yet i didn't still know how to believe God for a loaf something? of bread. Isn't that something? That, that you You'd could think talk. Bible school would teach yeah. students faith, but yeah. I, you find out they really don't. Well, and, and I'm, faith... Maybe some do somewhere, but most right. of them don't. Well, faith back then was more like uh, begging God. Yeah. You know, you did pray. Bombard the gates of heaven. Yeah, and we were, you know, somebody said... Wear well, God we, out. <laughs> we were just at the wrong gates. <laughs> we should have been bombarding the gates of hell instead yeah, of... Because no God's promises are true. He already yes, said what he yes, believed. Yes. And I'm pounding on my Bible here, but it's a, the Word of God is, is what uh, literally gives us not only the right, yeah. but also the... the a power sure. to do it. And when that verse you were just talking about too, darling, was uh, John seventeen seventeen. When I heard that verse for the first time spoken by a man of God of faith, yeah. it was like, yes, I get this now. Sure, sure. Thy word Thy is word true. And is not true. Right. Truth. But in the King James, they even pointed out that that word is capital T. Mm-hmm. So it meant truth all by itself not right. even the truth just right. truth it's just truth <laughs> and jesus, that, jesus said it he yeah, he, he figured it out he knew word, something about faith he didn't and he say said, father thy word is truth and you've point that out to congregations so often that it's not you don't just say the truth mm-hmm. but it is truth mm-hmm. or you all don't just say true most christians say god's word is true true and no 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 it's not true yeah, it's, it's truth. truth. Absolute truth. Absolute truth. truth. And, and I know you and Dean both use that in your ministries uh, when he was pastoring the church, that it was always, uh, these are the absolutes of the Word Absolutely. of God. And it's truth. And so when you're dealing with truth, then you're not just hoping that it'll come to pass. No. Or you're not just wondering, you know, like like faith is some little umbrella you have to get right, under or, right, or right. a special cloud or right. you've got to go to a mountain or cross right. an ocean or get to some high place and find out and beg God. Know that you can stand in your kitchen and um, speak the Word of God <laughs> and rebuke hell and command Because, because there's a vast difference between right. true and truth. Right. A lot of things are true. Right. A lot of things are a fact. Right. You may have gone to the doctor. That's a fact. He may have given you a bad report, a, a bad prognosis right. or diagnosis. Right. That may be true. Right. It may have happened. It may be a fact. <laughs> That's right. But it's not the truth. That's right. There's a difference, difference between true difference. and truth. You you that may have received a eyes. you may have received a, a, a an ultimatum or declaration from a family member or right. a, or an employer or the government. Right. You may have. I mean, the devil may be picking on you. Those are all true. Right. Though those things may be sure. true. They may be a fact, but you can go into this book right here, right. which Jesus said is truth. Right. And you can look in these 66 books 
these 66 volumes and find out what it says about your situation, about what the doctor said, about what the government said, about what the employer said, about uh, whatever the devil picking on you. And you can right. take this, this, you can take this truth right. and you can slam it up against that thing that's just simply true <laughs> right. and change it to where it's not true anymore. No, that's right. I have to move my phone. It's buzzing. <laughs> well, and just slap the truth right. up, against up against that thing that that's just thing. simply true. It's right. just simply a fact, and change it to where it's not true anymore. It's not a fact anymore. Truth is the only thing that trumps true. Truth is the only thing that overcomes fact. That's right. It changes facts. In this book right here, this is truth, absolute truth. Jesus said it is. Well, the confidence that we have in God always is that um, whatever we can find on these pages of truth, then we can begin to act on this is the confidence that, that we, we have in him, him that if we ask anything anything, anything according being to right his here, will anything according to his will we then know he heareth us. us and if we know, know that, that he, he heareth us, us then we know no listen to that word then we know <laughs> then you can we rest got in it, it. then Take we it to the know bed. that we no. have the petition we desired of him that, that how much is that scripture worth no, right. That scripture, that scripture has to be one of your faith anchors. Well, it is. Like faith, like thy word is truth, and this is the confidence that we have. Absolutely. You know, th th those two things are pillars, as you said, foundations, anchors, and well, our faith process. When I was a teenager, process. I preached the hound out of that scripture. Right. This is the confidence, confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, what's his <laughs> will, you already said his word, right. then we know right. Right. that he hears us. Right. Isn't that great? We know God heard me. Well, and if we know God heard me, <laughs> then we know that we know no. that we know. We have the petition Petitions, that we desire of him. Yeah, not just one at wow, a time. what a scripture. Petition. I, I guess those, those, three, uh, those two scriptures plus Numbers 23, 19, that God God's is not, not a, man, a man he should lie. that he should lie. If he has said a thing, he mm -hmm. will do it. If he has spoken it, he will make it good. When I heard those three scriptures preached by faith, by a man in faith, by a man or woman of God, way back in the early 70s, it changed my life. Sure. Dean and I had just, uh, you know, been out of Bible school two or three, four years, maybe max, and, uh, and already had two little boys. And uh, it was just amazing to me how we had to fight so hard mm -hmm. uh, those first few years oh, yeah. uh, because the boys were so ill mm -hmm. and there was, uh, it seemed like we were just struggling for everything, you know, oh, to yeah. put food on the table. Sure. We didn't even have a car for a long period of time. We lived at, at one point in a real old uh, garage apartment that had been like the the first radio station in right. Shreveport, Louisiana, <laughs> right. with rickety old steps up to it and everything. And I had two sick little boys that just every time it seemed like every other week we were in the gro in the, <laughs> in the, the, the in the emergency room getting more medicine. Like the door of my refrigerator had all kinds of antibiotics that we had had to you know put the boys on, and they were just t uh, twelve months and twenty one days, <clears throat> excuse me, apart. And uh, I, I cut my teeth on faith, believing for those babies. Oh, yeah. And commanding fevers to go down and coughs to go away. And, and, and yet surrounded by people that didn't believe it yeah. and told you, told you the opposite. Yeah. So you had to go straight to the source. And, and I, I had to fight the battle in my mind of did God tell the truth or not. Yeah. 
was and and because of being and raised. Thank God, Jerry and Carolyn Savelle gave yeah. you a couple of tapes well, by Kenneth E. Hagan. Well, and the fact that it, you know, as a Pentecostal, we weren't ever sure if it was God or the devil doing right. stuff to right. us. So right. I was so double-minded about it all, and I didn't know. Well, maybe God's trying to teach us. And people even told us, "Well, what did y'all do wrong? That's why these babies are sick." You know. Sure. And so I had to go back and and really, um, you know figure out where to put my thoughts and sure. how to how sure. to really realize that no make a decision yep. that God is not the problem that's right that he does not lie that's right. and once i figured that out then i could i'm i'm 23 24 years old and i figure out no god's not making my baby sick right. the, the lord is not part of this problem right. he's written a whole book to show me how to walk by faith Amen. and you know statistically we always want to tell people that four times in the bible <laughs> it says the just, the just shall, shall live, by, live faith. by faith old testament and new and new so we are without excuse dean used to preach this great sermon terry you know where he, uh you've you've heard him teach it on um the seven characteristics of a faith man uh, that it's hope confidence expectancy patience joy peace and love right. and a faith right. man that really has his confidence in the lord that you have hope you have confidence expectancy you're patient under trial and tribulation you know you have love joy and peace and you don't let the enemy and circumstances or people intimidate you in your walk of faith Absolutely. and so that's why when you go to the mission field you and jackie left all those years ago to go down to Mexico to Oaxaca, Mexico, you had you say you always say you had Jackie, you had your Bible, you had your uh, you had fifty dollars and your baby, right. you know, and 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 poor old God, and poor old God, <laughs> and I always love that when you told that story back when Dean and I met you in the middle seventies, that it, you know poor old God. Uh, Found it, out he wasn't so poor after all. <laughs> it's like, you know, it makes, it makes us think about Hudson Taylor, you know, when he was up in inland China, way, way up there, and he wrote back to England and sure. said, you know, I'm down to 25, down to 25 cents, cents all, all the, the promises, promises of, of God. God. And, you know, just the, the That's irony. That's just such a powerful statement. It is, the irony <laughs> of an unseen God that can perform both in the natural and the un, and the supernatural Amen. on behalf of believers. So living by faith is how you've done it all these years. No, absolutely. Speaking of faith, let me tell a story. Yes. I told this story back in September right. on the podcast. Right. But now that we've got video, yes, I, I feel like I'd like to do it again. <laughs> because uh, this pocket knife right here, this old K-bar, uh, my granddad gave this to me when I was a little guy. Right. And... Uh, you know, I don't have much of my granddad's left. Uh, I was in the military, in the Army when he died. And so people dug through stuff, and I didn't mm. get things I should have gotten. Uh, I've got an old, greasy claw hammer, just right. a hammer. He's a mechanic. Right. Uh, a hammer. And then I've got a couple of pictures. And then uh, I've got this K-Bar pocket knife. And it's very special to me. And, and, and pocket knives are special to me anyway because I, right. I have a thing in my head about men that carry pocket knives. I won't go into that, but I can write a whole article about, That's right. about men that carry pocket knives. They're my, special, both of my grandfathers and my daddy carry pocket knives. They're knife. a special breed. That's right. And uh, I won't even go into it. I bet you couldn't find a, a kid today who carries a pocket knife, but I won't go into that either. But anyway, this, <laughs> this is very special to me. And uh, this testimony, I think, has a double edge to it. Because we were, last March, right. for five weeks, we were in the South Pacific. People right. will remember that. We were in New Zealand, uh, preaching on both islands. We were in Samoa. 
Right. We were in Vanuatu, and we were overnight in Fiji. Uh, and uh, you had a, ter- a tremendous, tr- 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 wonderful testimony. Yes, I do. Uh, while we were in New Zealand, you yes. lost your Bible. Right. And so we've told that several times on the podcast oh, wow. and talked about it yeah. in churches and everywhere, yeah. how God just supernaturally got the Bible back. And it's just a marvelous story, wonderful story. Really is. And so we were Bible. finally at the end of our trip. Thank you you Lord, had gotten your yeah. Bible back. We were rejoicing over that. And, and we had been gone five weeks, and we were in, in our hotel in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. Right. Uh, about to go to the airport, get on an airplane, fly to Los Angeles, and then Los Angeles to Dallas, and Dallas back home to Tulsa. Right, right. And uh, so we were packing our bags. And as we were packing our bags, I got my pocket knife out and cut some strapping tape uh, to tape up some stuff that we were bringing back with us on our suitcases and stuff. And, uh, and so when I cut the tape... Um, I dropped my knife, and I knew I dropped it. It wasn't, a, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, I dropped it in the floor right at the edge of the bed. And so as I started to reach it, before I could bend over to pick it up, you said, uh, darling, would you come here and help me with this? So I didn't pick my knife up. I just went over and helped you with whatever you were doing packing. And then I forgot to pick my knife up. So we got finished packing, got a taxi, went to the airport, at the airport, I reached in my pocket to get the pocket knife out and put it in my checked luggage because I couldn't carry it on the plane. And uh, it wasn't there. It wasn't in my pocket. So I immediately said, I didn't pick my pocket knife up. Mm. So I called the hotel real quick. said, hey, send somebody up to room such and such. I just dropped my pocket knife. It's at the edge of the bed. I know exactly where it is. Have somebody run up there and get it and uh, uh, come back and tell me you've got it. And I'm going to give you an address where to send it in the United States of America. So they said, sure. And they did. And then they came back on the phone and said, sorry, there's no knife there. Well, now I knew there was. And I thought somebody either didn't look well and couldn't find it because it went under the bed, or they're lying. They just kept it. And so uh, I said, okay, and I hung up, and I called my secretary in Tulsa. And I told her, I said, hey, I'm about to get on an airplane in Auckland, New Zealand, and it's going to be a 14-hour flight to Los Angeles. And... Uh, in those 14 hours, I want you to bug that hotel right. and tell them to get me my knife. Right, right. And I'll call you when I get to Los Angeles, and, right. and you can tell me what the results are. Well, well, well what I started saying a while ago is I felt like the devil, I just felt like it was an evil thing that the devil stole my knife just to get back at you right. for getting your Bible back. So, as, as if hell was saying, well, you might have got your Bible back, but I got your knife. Right. right. And it just made me so mad. Sure, sure. And uh, I tell you, I hate hell. I've always said I'm in perfect agreement with the devil. He hates me and I hate him. I hate all hell and all hell hates me. There's just nothing they can do about it. That's right. And so uh, 14 hours later, me and you and I got off the airplane in Los Angeles, went through customs and immigration, and I called my secretary and I said, okay, give me some good news now in the last 14 hours. She said, Terry, there's just not, uh, they can't find you now. They say it doesn't exist. It's not there. And it just bugged me so badly because somebody got it. Right. And, um, because I know exactly where it was when I dropped it. And so uh, that was March. Well, six months went by. And I had prayed about that knife and prayed about it and prayed about it. And I've said, I've rebuked the devil and rebuked the devil again. And I've commanded the knife to come back. And I've talked to God and talked to the angels. And, and it's been going on. You and I prayed and agreed. It's been going on for six That's months. Right. So that was March. Come September, and you and I are preaching in New York City. And... Uh, uh, on a Saturday morning, you were preaching a ladies' tea, and I couldn't attend because it was ladies only. So I'm watching you on my iPad in the hotel. Right. 
And but while I'm watching you, I got to praying about my knife. And then I got up and just started just walking the room mm-hmm. there in the hotel in New York City. And uh, and I said, Angel, this is not right. You know exactly where that knife is. You right. know exactly where it is. The Word of God that's says, right. now here's your scripture. You always got to have a faith anchor. No, that's right. What are you anchored to? What that's do you right. believe in? And uh, I said, uh, you know exactly where that knife is. The Word says there's nothing that's hidden oh, that's that right. shall Thank not you, be Lord. revealed. That knife's Amen. not going to stay hidden. It's my knife. It's not somebody else's knife. It's mine. It belonged to my granddad. He gave it to me. I've got spiritual authority over that knife, my knife. And I said, I, I have waited now for six months. I've asked the hotel to send it back. At this point, nobody knows my name. Nobody knows my address. Nobody knows whose knife it is or where to send it. <laughs> and I said, but somebody has my knife. Right. And I said, so angels, I charge you. Because Hebrews tells us that angels are ministering spirits of God. That's right. Sent, sent by God, sent to minister to us who are heirs of salvation. We're heirs of salvation. Christians are heirs of salvation. That's right. Angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for For you, for me, for Christians. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, I said, so angels, you need to do your job. You know where that knife is. You know who's got my knife. You know if it's a crook. You know if it's a liar. You know if it's an unscrupulous (laughs) person. Uh, But you go get my knife. Take it out of their hand, out of their pocket, out of their drawer. Mm. Wherever it is, you go get it. To where they start looking around and say, hey, where's my knife? Where's my knife? And I said, and you translate that thing across the ocean and you put it in my possession in Jesus' name. I mean, I was tired of it after six months. I said, it's well, not sure. right. Sure. The man of God has lost his knife. It's not right. That's right. And uh, so that was Saturday. Well, I went to church and preached on Sunday and you and I went out to eat with the pastors and so on and so forth. Monday, we're in our hotel room packing up to, to leave. And uh, I went over to put something in my suitcase and on top of a folded suit, uh, folded T-shirt was this knife laying there just like that. Well. And I just looked at it, and I said, <laughs> Renee! And you came over there and looked at my, you said, your knife! And I mean, the angels Had to of have. heaven yes. physically took that knife and translated 8,814 miles <laughs> to New York City across the Pacific Ocean and put it in my suitcase on top of a shirt where I couldn't miss it. And I'd traveled in that suitcase the last six months. I'd emptied it and unemptied it and and filled it up and emptied it. And and, and airlines stow it around. I mean, it was laying right on top of a folded T-shirt. That's right. Now, I'll say this. We were at Bob Ramondo's church in in Punta Gorda, Florida, uh, at at, uh, uh, New Life. Bob and Nid Ramondo, our dear friends. And uh, like the Sunday after that happened or the second Sunday after it happened, and I asked them, I said, are your kids available today, your Sunday school kids, uh, your kids from, say, this big and down? They said, yeah, we can bring them. You want to talk to them? I said, yeah, I want them in the sanctuary. And I said, would you go get them? So they actually went and got these bunch of kids. And I said, and they sat on the back. I said, no, no, don't sit them down. Bring them down here. And I had them just come down to the pulpit and just stand in a semicircle around me. And I showed them this knife, and I told them the story I just told. And I said, here, you want to hold it? You want to hold it? You want to touch it? You want to take it? I said, this knife was in the hands of angels. Yes. That doesn't mean it's special or anointed or you can, you know, lay it on your head and get healed. <laughs> it's just it's just if this this was in the hands of angels. And I said right. if you went to a if you went to a museum and they showed you a moon rock, you'd want to touch it. This is better. That's and right. so they just held my wife and touched my knife. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I wanted to tell you that story and show you my knife and tell you what the Lord Jesus did, what the angels did. And uh, you better wrap us up. We're running out of we're up against a hard break. Well, we're just so Faith. Yes, always. Faith works, 
and God gave us that wonderful gift of faith yes. that we live in. You know, yes. God's, Romans 12, So just so you know, God has given to every man, woman, the measure of faith. And so we all have a measure of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We Amen. live by that faith. So we want you to live by faith, and we want you to see miracles and know that it works. Uh, always, you can find us at terrymize.com. And uh, then if you're still in, uh, ever want to, you know, giving to orphans, we've always got orphan1.org or .com. And then when you go to our website, you can find all the products. You can find our preaching schedule. You can leave a, a testimony, a prayer request. You can even give online. Sure. All of those things are there just to serve you, make it easy for you. And anything that we can do, we want we to be able to We appreciate our partners. You. We always are so great. We pray for you partners, don't we? Yeah. Every single day. Well, you know, when I married Terry, I was just so grateful that, that uh, he took the time and the responsibility on to pray for the partners every single day. Well, right now we're going to have to go. We love you dearly. We're praying for you. And we want you to know that you are more, more than, than conquerors. conquerors. God bless every one of you. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.